The FM Evolution podcast is brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services. We'll ensure consistently great performance to help keep your business running smoothly. For more information, visit cgpconstruction.com. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at FM Evolution. Welcome back to another Friday, and that means we are here with Jim Robinson, for our leadership series. What's up, Jim? Hey, good morning, guys. Glad to be here. So excited, man. Uh, for Why don't you do this? For those who don't know the Jim Robinson, tell us a little bit about you real quick. What, are we, what do you do? Who are you? I'm the uh, chief dishwasher at uh, CGP. <laughs> I dust furniture. Uh, Jim Robinson, president and CEO for <laughs> CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc., uh founded the company 1985 um a long time ago so coming up august 19th will be 37 years in business uh i'm an author i'm a certified business coach a life coach um and i am chairman of the board for uh transitional living center in southern california and we have program members in about the 450 person range um, so, and I've been leading that board for about six years, five years. And, um, that's really what I do. It's, uh, and then Tuesday I have a whole nother lineup of things that I try to get to, but that's my Mondays. <laughs> that's it. And on Fridays, you are a podcast host extraordinaire hey, there it is. and leadership leadership. Just bring it and share, share my experiences. This is it, man. This is the juice right here with Jim Robinson. I love it. Today we're going to be talking about something that uh, it's a it's a big topic for you. I love it because we're talking about uh, commitment and what that means. And uh, I actually had I found a definition that says commitment. Uh, it's defined as commitment to work or work commitment is defined as the level of enthusiasm an employee has towards his or her task assigned to the workplace. Is a feeling of responsibility that a person has towards the goals, mission, and vision of the organization he or she is associated with. Not bad, but what what does commitment mean to Jim Robinson? What what's your version of it? You said yes. Yes. <laughs> I like to simplify things. I, That's it. Things get complicated without any, you know, any need to make it more complicated. So commitment means it's a yes for me. And until you say yes, you're really not committed. And so I, I do the the three C's, or I say yes, and the three C's, and it's a it's a it's a model we use. It's a model I practice. It's a model I coach and teach with. Uh, but at first, until you commit, you're not getting anywhere. It's still just a dream. There's no commitment. There's no vision casting. There's no goal setting. There's no results oriented until you say yes. And so commitment means yes. Yes, man. Yes, man. That's yes. It. It's simple. Of it, that is simple, and yet is it? Because a lot of people can't say yes, or they're afraid to say yes, or there's some kind of challenge with that. But I know commitment is uh, is key to people uh, being successful in anything they want to do. Um, you know, personal or private, right? They gotta say yes. You gotta say yes. 
I think one of the things that uh, I want to talk about also is is just the employee satisfaction that's centered around commitment and how it works. And, and you know, I was reading an article and it said the high levels of employee satisfaction in an organization are related to work commitment and engagement in the organization. Sounds reasonable. Sounds reasonable. What is what? What's your commitment on, or your your take on commitment, and how it plays a role of people being happy at work? Well, challenging will lead to happy, and then challenge shows up, and then you actually have to develop a plan. And if we do this in in our teams, Monday you got to submit a goal for the week. What's your what's your primary number one? And then on Friday you actually have to elaborate and close out that goal. That's showing commitment. One, you can follow through with just setting one goal. Everybody has a lot, but it's mostly daydreaming, so it's just stuck in your head, not actually written. The statistics are about 3% of the world right. And so if you figure if you how many of the 3% do you actually have on the team, probably pretty mm-hmm. low numbers. So you got the 97% club. And so the 97% club, you have to inspire them to write and you know to, to make a commitment. And the spreadsheets, what they're recap, all the teams have to recap, you know, on a weekly basis. But when there's no dates in there, I I see the team is struggling with commitment. And the the I will, the yes, I will is the commitment side. And so being able to see those dates in there, that's really critical because it tells me they're committed or they're not. And fear factor is the guiding principle of commitment. So when you have fear, when you have fear, it's hard to say, yes, I will. It's easier to say, I don't think so. I don't know. I'll let you know. I'll think about it. I'll get back to you next week. There's all kinds of things that, you know, because they go, most people go straight to how to get it done or capabilities versus just say yes first and then develop those skills later. So it's a fear factor. That's how, that's why people hesitate to say, yes, I will. I love that. And Every time we talk about commitment, I just <laughs> I think of the Yes Man movie. That's why I brought that up. The John Kerry, he's always like, "You got to say yes to everything. We're going to make a pact between you and me, and you have to say yes to every opportunity that comes up." Because he was always like, "No, I'm not going out so, so you even think go. about that movie as one step deeper. It means that somebody else, the writer of this, was actually thinking of what is the very normal process. He says, geez, I'm going to make a movie on this and make it funny to entertain people. But it's been thought about. A lot of people have written about it. It's the gospel. It's really how everything gets done. So you have to say yes. You can always go back and say no. So say yes. Figure out the courage to get it done. Figure out the capabilities and you know, just execute. So yes, I will. And just, just take it. And then if it doesn't work, just go... I'm not the right person for this. I'm sorry. I should have declined yeah. this. Have a nice day. Keep it super simple, ah. but say yes. Go in. You're going to learn. You're going to grow. Other people around you are going to learn, and they're going to grow. And if you still have to say no, you can decline it later. But say yes. Serve people. Yeah. Change your life. Change his mind. Say yes. Change mine. Change his mind, too. Yeah, it does. So in a work environment where you're trying to get people to say yes, and you've been doing this for, I don't know what, almost, like you said, 37, almost 40 years to yeah. get there. Thanks for rounding, little, thanks for rounding up. <laughs> you can wild. round down at this point. You can I, round down. I still I got to go out of this I told my wife, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm 47. She's like, you're 46. I'm like, no, I'm, 
okay, I'm 46 right now, but I'm going to be 47. I'm almost 47. I just think myself as 47. And I'm like, you know what? We're almost 50. She's like, no, 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 no. Do not round up. Do you know what are you doing? You cannot round up to that number. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Well, okay, so if we're talking about improving this, yes, in the workplace, um, well, what's the secret? What's the secret? Like, what is your, how do you get employees to, to stay the course and, and, and be committed to you, but not just you, but to the, to the, to the company, to the mission, to, to the vision? How do you, how do we do that? Well, you got to talk about the mission, what we do every day, the vision, why we're here. And it, it's not just to fix widgets, it's to impact people's lives. And for me, the purpose is, is through growing people through education and experience. So that's, that's pretty straightforward. That's why we do what we do. And, um, growing people in that, in that way to find a way to just say, yes, I will is, um, it's an evolution because they, uh, when they feel safe, when, when you don't rip their head off when they make a mistake, they're like, okay, here's what we learn, right? So I always say stated in fact, even if it's a, if it's an error or otherwise, and you stated in fact, you just say that was a mistake. What did we learn? What are we changing? They embrace that, and then they're within a couple of times of going through this exercise, they're like, yeah, let's just go for it, man. We can do it. We can do that. It's not a big deal. And then if they make a mistake, what did we learn? What are we changing? And then boom, they go and they go to their next level and they go to that next level. So it it goes pretty quickly because we're we're fixing stuff all day long. We're solving problems all day long. We have tremendous opportunity to make mistakes every single day. And we do that. And group-wise, yeah. because we're in teams, everybody is growing through the opportunity of, of, a, of a failure or a mistake. And we learn very quickly. We need to say yes, because we'll just fix it. If we, if we mess up, we're just going to fix it. So people learn to say yes pretty quick. Teams is a big part of this. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's critical, right, to, to build a strong team. And, and teamwork is a huge part of our culture, obviously. Uh, and I think it's one of the things that, that make us successful. But w- when it comes to commitment, how do organizations build a culture where working in teams is important? What's, what's the formula there? How, how, do, we, how do they win? Uh, well, you got to treat them like a team. Got to treat them like a team. And if uh, you're a sports fan, you can say you got the pitcher, the catcher, and you got the base, and you got the guys in the outfield. You know, you can use football analogies. You can use basketball. Uh, but you, you got to treat them like a team. You got to you got to have your leader. You got to have your support. You got defense, offense. Who's running what and where? So for us in the service we do, we got fleet procurement, we got management, we got logistics. All of those people are part of the team and they're all counting on each other for their little pieces to make sure the ultimate success is done at the end of the day. It builds team teamwork pretty quickly. Managers struggle with it more because they like to have their finger on the pulse because they feel a lot of responsibility. Uh, they have to learn that I have to count on this team to get this thing through, you know, get it across the finish line. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of people on the team, and that's how we do it. And you recognize very quickly that it takes everybody. And if you're not collaborating, watch, we'll have big failures pretty quick. So the entire team, it's individuals doing certain roles. That's the critical piece. Pull them together. So you're really going to be committed as an individual, but also committed to that team. you got to be committed, committed to your to, team. To if you're them. trying to play the game alone, we always say, you know, one person can do one great thing in their life and wow a lot of people. The chances of you getting two shots, pretty limited. 
but you can have unlimited shots if you have an entire team that you're supporting because you'll get back what you give. And if you continue to give to all these people, they're going to keep giving to you and watch how the team just grows and grows and grows. It's, uh, I don't know, I'm fascinated by it. It's uh, learning mm-hmm. it many years ago and trying to figure it out. I was told with one of my business life coaches many years ago is to not break up the teams. And uh, so I didn't for about two years. I just thought that was uh, made sense. And as we kept growing, I'm like, this makes no sense. There is zero reason to not create the inner teams because they also share team players. It's we're all going to the all-star game every single day. And so if somebody's not using some team member, they transfer them over and use them on another team. So we had to develop that process. But they still function as a team, but they also can share players. So it works very well. And then the totality of that is the entire company is one big team. The other day, you know, I was fascinated by there was a promotion in the company. I was fascinated by how many people recognized and and praised the promotion. And these are folks that don't even know each other. They're completely different states in some cases, certainly different regions. And they were all chiming in on email saying, wow, great job, great job, amazing, congratulations. And that just spoke to my heart because that's truly what we stand for. It's that culture and it's that team spirit. And to see that come through, I'm like, wow, this team is doing amazing work impacting each other. That was a mind blow moment. And I'm just so grateful to see that. We've seen it time and again, but it's getting bigger. It's getting much bigger. Mm -hmm. There was countless, there was 20, 30 feedbacks on that. It was a lot. And that, there was a big wow factor in that. And I'm like, wow, we got an amazing, amazing team going. Really excited for that. Yeah, we do. I, I love that. And I, I, I was able to experience that too. And it was like, I, I, I felt the same way. Wow, that's really, really cool. People like people to chime in and, and say that. I think for the person who got promoted, that, that's Yeah, impactful. I would think. Uh, very yeah. impactful. You know what I mean? I love that. Um, <laughs> I was thinking earlier, like the one thing I, when I think about teamwork, was with the expression, uh, uh, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And I always, I always like that expression. And that always reminds me of us and our team uh, and, and how we work. You know, we really are all working together to, to push. And I think that is what shows up in successful businesses over and over and over again, is everyone is really working together and, and to go far for the long yeah, The other day I was talking to the team in Phoenix, and I was telling them that, it's so counterintuitive, but the reality is, is you have to slow down if you really, truly want to speed up. <laughs> That's right. Mind blow. It, it was right, like, but, no, 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 I, I got so much to do. I got to keep speeding, go faster, blah, blah, blah. And it couldn't be farther from accurate because you really, one, you got to get super focused and you got to be laser focused and you become structured in how you're going to deliver. So there's calendar setting, there's processes you got to follow. And when we get faster, like if you work 10 hours a day or 12 hours a day, after about eight, you're just kind of sucking wind. You're really not driving the process the way it's intended or designed. So you really got to make sure you're working the right amount of time, how you're putting that effort together and collaborating. But you have to slow down to speed up. Very important. That's absolutely true. And I have found uh, in, in my career that I need that time to just sit for a second and think and strategize and and plan things out. And then, yeah, go slow to go fast. Because afterwards, everything else is so much faster. 
it, it gets faster because fast. you smooth things out by the planning, the slowing down, refocusing. It it allows you, and then it, then it feels smoother. And as it feels smoother, you can go a lot faster. Yes, that's absolutely true. Awesome, man. All right, we're going to pause for a second to thank your sponsors, and we'll be right back. Awesome. Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig-ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember to call CGP. They are ready to be on-site 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready. And because they are a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today at 858-454-7326 or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Sean Black. And of course, we're here with Jim Robinson for our leadership series. Welcome back, Jim. Hey, good to be back. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. So we're talking about uh, a bunch of things right now, but really centered around commitment and what that means, and what you know how we define that, and and getting the yes, and 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 we talked about you know how we improve commitment and building strong teams around that. And so I want to talk about uh, communication. And communication with team members because one of the things that I really respect, honestly, about your leadership style is is your ability to vision cast, but also create a positive outlook. You have the gym vision, dude. <laughs> and it just this thing that happens with you, and uh, it doesn't matter what it is. But this is how we're gonna. This is opportunity, and it's a way of looking at things. But the fact is that it's really important for leaders to be able to communicate clearly. Uh, with the team in, in order to gain commitment, uh, or if you want to call it buy-in, um, what advice would you get for leaders who, when it comes to communications with the team? Um, being able to storytell, I think, would probably be the strongest thing I could give you. Master that skill, really, is being able to uh, capitalize on storytelling. Is I was training many years ago, kind of learning, you know, the Toastmasters thing and and how to engage. Yeah. Uh, groups and how to storytell. And I always say the the shiny eyes, you got to make sure that endorphins are high and you can do this in small groups. The engagement of that is your ability to captivate them. And if you captivate them, they open. If they open, I always use this phrase, but if they open kind of their heart and soul, you can pour into them. And as you pour into them, they'll receive, but they'll also give it. So whatever they're getting, they're going to give. And uh, so that's really how I've always done my communication. I do that with clients even. I just I tell them some stories, man. Just talk about whatever's going on. And uh, no filters. Just don't talk about stupid things. Give them something that matters. Bring, you know, bring the yeah. game, bring your A game and tell the story. And, uh, you know, my top 10 commit commandments for successful business, the number one is change your story. Quit telling a negative story. You got to tell the positive story because people kind of freak out when you're all of a sudden you're about to build something new or you're about to change something. And they're like, I don't, oh man, I don't know. And if you don't tell them and captivate them in a story about how simple we're about to make this and here's what we're going to learn, they don't go to the Yes, I Will program. 
they go to the no, I can't program. And so you have to ship them and you do that with great stories, captivate them, hold them as long as you need them, but you got to pour into them. You got to get the, get the buy-in, but open communication. Chances are, if you're being put into a leadership role, you probably already have some of the storing telling capabilities. You've probably already captivated some people and that's what pushes you, right? You don't just jump into a role. Your people around you push you to that role. So you have to grow all those people and those people ultimately push you up. As you get pushed up, you pull them up. So there's a metaphorically, you just giving kind of analogy of how you do that, but you, you got to tell the story. You got to be transparent and open. And you had a good uh, food for thought that you sent out to the team, which is uh, change your story, change your strategy. And uh, of course, uh, the last one? Oh, change, your, change yeah. your state, number three. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, yep. I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking so that about. Was, um, that was a Jim Rome teaching many, many years ago. Probably in the 80s is when I probably picked up on it. And uh, it's uh, funny. I was sitting in a business meeting the other day, and it was a, a finance business meeting, you know, kind of society stuff. And as I sat in that room, a guy brought it up, or a gal did. She brought it up. And I'm like, man, sometimes we forget things, you know. We've learned a few things. And, uh, yeah, the story, the strategy, and, and the, your state, you got to – I use music to change mine. You know, if you get all cranky, you just change it with some music, something inspirational. However, you got to change your own state because it's uh, it's going to guide your actions. So whatever your emotions are is going to shift whatever you're doing. But change the story. If, if I think even in that piece I wrote, I said, if, if you say I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke all the time, I, I guarantee you, yeah. I, I'll gamble a hundred bucks on you saying, I guarantee you, you are broke. Because if you say it enough, you'll actually, it's it's prophetic. It's we'll prophesy in the same way, whatever you keep saying in your head, you're going to get it. So why not just change that story? You just change that story and you tell a better story. And the story has to be kind of cast on your own personal mission and vision. So if you have those dreams in your head of owning a second home, a vacation home, going to London for a tour, whatever that is, you have to keep telling the story about I will go to and I will experience. And you change that and the will of that, ultimately, you'll just so you'll be like on the way home from London. You're like, wow, how did I do that? It's just you'll have those wow moments. So I always say Nike, you know, Nike said, just do it. And it's I simplify that as well. I use that phrase all the time because I've even been called out by employees. Why do you say it's so easy? Well, because I choose uh, just right. because I don't want to ever come across as negative. It's yeah. it, negative is easy. You don't have to do anything to get to negative. You just got to get yeah. out of bed and be negative as hell. Mm -hmm. To be positive, you have to have a very different cast of vision on that. You have to change your story and the story will guide the process. So change your story. That's all it is. Change your story. And then the strategy is getting the right people. Yeah, I say you can do one great thing in your life by yourself, but you can do many great things if you get the team. And so strategizing means what is the team going to do? What's the action item? When does it need to be done? Who's going to do it? How are you going to pool that information? That's the strategy. And then your state. Is your brain there? Are you all in? Are you truly present where your feet are? And then do you get to go in all in and motivate other people to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Check all those boxes. And, and when you're talking about communication with the team, all three of those need to be in check. They have to. You if won't you're, win. If you're, if you're one of those, you're, you're not you going to win. win. And yeah, it starts right. with story because people just negative stories. 
it can't be done. They get stuck in the how thing. Uh, I don't know how to do that. We'll never be able to do that. I'm like, man, it's just a very different opinion. I look at some, I'm just like, can't be that hard. It's in front of us. I mean, somebody else has already done it. It's already been done. Let's just go do it. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That that's to me that jump vision. That's that's why I kind of call it. That's what that's what it is, and that is the that's what leaders need to be able to communicate with their team and help them to drive commitment. We have to have it right. They have to see you all in and bought in, or they won't be. So that's a great advice. Well, the other thing I want to do is I want to talk about. I don't know. It's kind of a buzzword for a lot of companies. This is transparency. Uh, you know, I know this is something that's important to you and, and, and definitely to our team. And, and, uh, and when we're telling those stories, I know you give a lot of yourself and you're very transparent with things, but, um, how important it is, is it for team members to, who are involved to, you know, when it comes to making decisions in the company and being transparent and, and, uh, do you feel like it's critical to improving commitment with your team for, the team to be that involved in that high level and being very transparent with how the business is operating. You know, there's still filters you have to have um, that will, if you're completely transparent in all things, you will probably scare a lot of your employees. A lot of teammates will run because there's a lot of things that one running a business is very complex. It's not for everybody. Yeah. And if you were to use complete transparency and telling or divulging every little detail, you'll scare a lot of people. They probably won't come back. So you do have to use a filter. However, me being transparent has more to do with me telling real life stories about what's going on in my life. And there's a lot of buy-in to that because people really start to feel as though they're part of my family and I start to feel as though I'm part of theirs. And we drive and have a different conversation. You know, years ago, I wrote a piece. I said, become friends and family with those you do business, but never do business with friends or family. Right? Just don't do that because if you start out that way, you have different expectations. But as you do business with somebody, you become their best friend. And it truly is, one, it's your career because there's a very, very gray line there, how that crosses. But everything you do will be predicated on, you know, next business step. And in doing that, as you grow together, you start feeling like family because there becomes some transparency in the conversations. And that's a model I live by. It's just what I've always done. And I'd rather have a conversation about whatever uh, at a luncheon, a dinner, and an outing than have to discuss all business model stuff. And ultimately, the business just grows inherently because the family or the tie, the, the friendship is growing and the business will grow. You don't have to ask for it. It just will grow if you're truly authentic. Yeah. I always knew that we were best friends, buddy. <laughs> there was some that I exclude, but. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, I think when you have that kind of transparency, and you're right, people come very, come, become very close together. Um, it helps build. I think something is very important for commitment, which is, uh, and I couldn't not bring this up, which is strong work, work, uh, strong work ethic. And, uh, I think, you know, we couldn't talk about commitment without having this tied to it because I, they kind of go hand in hand. I mean, if you're going to be committed, you've got to have the work ethic to go behind that commitment and then go on in. Right. Um, 
So how do you feel about creating a culture of strong work ethic? How does it play into the commitment uh, in the organization uh, and just as a whole? What is your, your thoughts on that? Uh, work ethic is it's just a standard that you go because other people count on you. And as other people count on you, that means you have to show up. Sometimes you, you know, you got a cold, a runny nose or whatever. You, you still have to show up. And uh, one of the chapters in the book is, a, is a, it, I, it's called In Sickness and in Health. That's the chapter title. And In Sickness and in Health means in that, ta- in that chapter, it's, it, I really just talk about when they're going to have food poisoning. They ate bad chicken or fish. I can almost tell you which employee is going to have it and when. And it's just, it lacks commitment. And sometimes you have to engage that employee and say, you know, there's some issues. Let's talk about X. What's, you know, what, what are we missing? And it's usually clarity or confusion about their own goal setting. They don't know what's next. And so we have to get back to vision casting. We have to be able to explore that a little bit with the individual. If you see somebody missing several times for a hangnail, a cold, a sneeze, a cough, a migraine, I'm telling you, my chapter, you're going to want to read that in Sickness and in Health is the book, is the title. But it has all of that in there. And it's uh, I talk about it because it lacks commitment, right? And there's a fear factor. And when there's a fear factor, people just like, mm, I got a little runny nose. I'm going to stay home today. Jeez, I just don't want to go. And there's also the 90-day checkout, which I got another chapter on. But it's uh, at 90 days, everybody checks out. You can do it for 10 minutes or 10 days or 10 months. You have to have disciplines around that. So likewise with the sicknesses and the colds, I wrote a piece the other day that kind of went over most people's heads. And I wrote it about my mother. And she would say, if your stomach hurts, you know, eat a saltine cracker and seven up. Some of the older crowd listening today may may hear this and resonate because it fixed that stomach ache. There's a power of belief. And the power of belief is, is that saltine and that 7-Up to this day will solve my stomach problems. I don't have to miss work because I had a stomachache. I simply have the saltine and the 7-Up and I go to work. If your head hurts, you just take an aspirin and that works. And all of those words at the end finished with works. And that means work. That means go. Yes, I will. It means commit and you're committed. You have to stay the course. And new, new employees tend to have more sicknesses than any managers do. And C-suite level people simply don't get sick. How is that even possible? They still eat the same food. They still go to the same places. They still do the same things, but they're radically different in days off. And so I say, yes, I will. And then the sickness thing is uh, it's going to happen. It's going to show up, but you got to jump in there as soon as it shows up repeatedly. It's not that they're not going to happen. It's just when it does show up, you got to jump in there. Yeah. It, it definitely is going to happen and is it is a, a work ethic challenge and i love that piece about your mom i read that thing and i thank you mom that was a good time i was like oh that's cool and you know uh i don't think not everyone's mom gave bad advice that's for sure but i love that your mom did you know and, and but it is very relative to what we're talking about today you just you need to when it, when it comes to commitment, you just got to go in, man. You, you got to show up if you yeah. want to go up. Yeah, yeah. yeah show up. Yeah, you got to show go. up if you're going to go up. And that means you got to be present all the time, even when it's painful. It means get up, put your pillow down, get yourself to work because you got things to do. You're going to impact somebody's lives or yours is going to be impacted. And if you miss, much like my mother said, you ain't, you ain't skipping school, man. Go to school. 
and I I did historically have no days missed. Uh, my high school yeah. years, my senior year was a little bit unique, but I was off to college part time and going to high school, and it was um, it was a very unique thing. But it was instilled in me, and that work ethic has carried through. Certainly, has carried through, and I can almost gamble. Uh, successful people you come across in your life have a very similar work ethic. They just keep going. And everything is married as one. It doesn't matter if it's a Sunday or if it's a if it's a Friday. It's still just a day. And depends on what needs to be done is what has to be done. doesn't matter about the yeah. time of the day. Other employees work, you know, seven hours and 58 minutes. And they do that religiously. <laughs> and uh, is that commitment? Maybe. Maybe it's the best commitment they possibly can muster. But also when you see that shift, like they come in another hour later or some other time, that's really that commitment that is changing. And so for me, I just watch that. And believe me, you don't have to work 50 hours. I actually get frustrated with managers that that tell me they got to work 50 hours. I'm like, it's not an amount of time. It's a matter of priorities. It's a matter of making time and finishing your priorities. There's no reason in the world anyone needs to work 50, 60 hours a week. There's just no reason. The success doesn't go up from that. Success is the connection. Uh, how are you contributing? Join a committee. Spend time with other people. Expand your circles. But it's not being in the office 60 hours a week. It ain't going to change the world. Yeah. That's part of that slowing down to go You got to slow down to speed up. Yeah. I love that, man. All right. Well, last thing. We're going to wrap up. We're, we're done and we're out of time again. I don't even know how that happens. Well, I am a huge innovation nerd. I love innovation. It's, it's a core part of who I am. I love to be able to talk about it and, and learn about new things that are, are very innovative. And I, and I know it's one of our core values here uh, as well as it is innovation. Um, how do you, how important do you think it is for, for employees to be able to innovate as, as well as like provide ideas and strategies when it comes to commitment uh, in the workplace? Well, innovation uh, depends on the, the employee because creativity is a big factor. And, mm-hmm. you know, we use disk profiles and other things to determine who's the most creative, who isn't. And left brain, right brain, like dancers, musicians, they use left and right brain. They got creativity. They got analytics. They got all kinds of things going on in their heads. Uh, other people are inherently just hyper creative. Other people are hyper analytical. And so using the creativity, so expanding how we we embrace that. I love the creativity. I like the marketing creativity, the uniqueness, the craziness, the sock giving thing that you've done in the past. It's, those are just crazy, silly, unique things. And uniqueness always wins. And uniqueness, not always does it come from just creativity. But if you combine uniqueness with creativity, it's explosive. And you'll change people's lives with doing that. So for us, we just embrace it. We think stuff is nutty. I mean, I do some crazy things. Always have, probably always will. And some of them, I can step back today and look back even 10 years ago. I'm like, whoa, what were you thinking? But it changed me. It grew me and it grew probably other people around me. So I think embracing that, that's one thing we do. Uh, We try to not suppress that. We try to spend time, evaluate it, make sure it's a fit. And then escalate it, put it on fire, shoot it at the moon, and see what happens. See who we can impact. So embrace that creativity stuff in the in the business. Man, you got to do it. Awesome, man. 
All right, man, let's wrap it up. We're done. We ran out of time. We, we talked about a lot of things today when it comes to commitment. Uh, you know, we really talked about communication with team members and how important that is and transparency in, in the workplace, how work ethic plays a huge role. Uh, and of course, you know, innovation and, and, and keeping people engaged and, and letting those creatives do some crazy stuff. So it's pretty cool, man. All right, you guys. Well, thank you, Jim. As always, I'm so grateful to have you uh, to here on the show. It's awesome. I look forward to next Friday when we get to do it again the next time. And uh, for everyone who's watching out there on YouTube, uh, if you love the stuff we're talking about, we're providing value, hey, give us a like. Hit that bell for notifications when new videos come out. Uh, and if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, don't forget to hit subscribe so, no, so you get all the new shows. Uh, automatically on your platform. And until next time, Jim Robinson, we'll see you guys uh, next time. Take care, man. See you later. Thank you.